Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulillah Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Man Walah Amma Ba'd Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Wa Barakatuh How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah So, last week we did the introduction to uh, Surah Al-Nazi'at and we did the first ayah Ba'd A'udhu Billahi Mishra Al-Jim Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Wa Al-Nazi'ati Harqa We continue with Wa Al-Nashitati Nashta The root letters of Nun, Sheen and Ta only occur these two times in the entire Qur'an that's it, you don't find it anywhere else. So what does nashatan mean? It means to be brisk and lively and energetic and cheerful. It means to untie a knot effortlessly and to be free and to unshackle. So it has something to do with what? Being free and being very lively and happy. Uh, uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh, furthermore, this is the way it is used. You find this verb in a hadith in Sunan Abi Dawood in which uh, uh, some of the Sahaba, they came across people that had a sort of ailment and so they said do you have any, do you have any way to help us and they said well we can recite we can do like basically ruqya we can recite over top of you surah fatiha they did that and hatta bara'a ka'annama unshita min iqalin and then they did so until he was cured as if he had been untied from a knot. So the, word, the verb unshita here is being used in the sense of it was as if he was untied from a knot. So yes it has to do with untying and Allah knows best. Best. So, therefore, it seems to be referring to the angels. This is the strongest opinion. It is a reference to the angels. They are eager and enthusiastic and energetic and lively and happy to take the soul of the believer, and they do so by gently untying the knot that the ruh is attached to the body. So they untie this ruh and they gently and uh, briskly take it away. And Allah knows knows best. It could be a reference to the winds, and it could be the winds that give comfort. This is another uh, interpretation. There are actually a number of interpretations. Ibn Abbas he says that this is actually the the individual itself, the arwah, uh, they are nashitati nashta. They are excited to meet their Lord, and when they, especially when they are shown a window into paradise when they are in the barzakh, this is another perspective. It's just amazing that Subhanallah, in these first two ayat, we're reminded that the angels hate the disbelievers when naziati harqa, and they love the believers when nashitati nashta. And this is not just the angels; this is all of creation, as we know that Allah Taala says, everything that is in the heavens and the earth." and whatever whatever is between them uh, uh, all of them are exalting and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is a reality that everything uh, loves all, all creatures all creation loves the believers and dislikes the disbeliever now somebody asked the question last week and it was a great question I'm glad they asked because it caused me to do a little bit of uh, research and and reflection on this matter and alhamdulillah I think we came I came to a decent answer the question was if the believer's soul is removed gently then why did the Prophet describe the sakarat al-maut the pains of death so it's like oh wait we have an issue here if the believer is supposed to be taken gently then why did he describe the pains of death now we have to remember that there are two stages of the dying of somebody dying there's the part that we as human beings we see and there's the part that we don't see the, pay, the part that we see is, let's say, somebody is very sick and they're going through lots of sickness and pain and, and hardship. Or somebody in battle, let's say they get, I don't know, shot or injured or stabbed, they're bleeding out and you see them in lots of pain. Uh, this portion is the portion that we see and this is still part of this dunya. This is still part of this test that we call life. And so therefore, any difficulty that you go through in this test is actually raising up your rank and removing your sins, removing your, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a kafara, it's an expiation for your sins. So therefore, whether it be the person who is in battle and he's suffering before he finally dies and is martyred, or whether it's the person who is sick on his deathbed and he's going through lots of pains of death, this is for the believer an expiation of his sins. And this is exactly what, when uh, Sa'ad ibn Abi al-Qasr, he asked the Prophet about this, he said, 
يا رسول الله أي الناس أشد بلاء which people are the are tested the hardest قال الأنبياء ثم الأمثل فالأمثل he said the prophets and then those that are like them and like them in other words the higher you are in rank the harder you're going to be tested and then the further you go down the hadith continues يبتل العبد على حسب دينه that the slave is tested according to his deen فإن كان في دينه صلبا if he is firm in his religion اشتد بلاءه then his test will be more hard وإن كان في دينه رقة if he is let's say weak or you could say brittle in his deen then ابتلية على حسب دينه then he's going to be tested according to what he can handle فما يبرح البلاء بالعبد حتى يتركه يمشي and these tests will continue to happen they will keep going to the slave and it will not let him go until finally he walks on the earth without a single sin on to his record so subhanallah next time you're going through hardship just remember it is an expiation and further when more we know that Aisha she said I was not envious of anybody whose death was easy after I saw the severity of the death of the Messenger of Allah In other words, she saw that he was going through hardship and therefore I did not want to be like the others that go through an easy, quick death. I wanted to actually get that expiation as well. And she describes it, إِنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى كَانَ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ رَكْوَةٌ أَوْ عُلْبَةٌ فِيهَا مَاءٌ يَشُكُّ عُمَرْ فَجَعَلَ يُدْخِلُ يَدَيْهِ فِي الْمَاءِ وَيَمْسَحُ بِهِمَا وَجْهَهُ يَقُولُ That the Prophet he had this bucket in front of him. This is on his deathbed when he's near passing away. Aisha's with him. Aisha Allah, she's with him. And she's saying he's putting his hands in this bucket of water, splashing it on his face, and saying, La ilaha illallah, inna lil mauti sakarat. He's saying, There is no God but Allah. Indeed, death has its stupors, it has its pain. So he's going through the, the pains of death. And then he raised up his hand and he began to say, What? To the highest of companionship, to the highest of companionship. And so this hadith is kind of, you see, both both aspects the dunyawi aspect yes expiation and elevation of rank right going through the hardships just like all the prophets do and then in the second portion he's looking up and he's seeing the angels come to him and say look we're going to take you away and they're taking permission as we know from another hadith that the angels take permission it's your time everybody else they just <laughs> no permission you just got to go but the angels say you know it's your time to go and he says i'll go to the highest companionship so this is the part that they took very gently and allah knows best and by those who glide as if they were swimming. means to swim, and not to swim in such a way where you're splashing everywhere, but to swim smoothly, to tread you know, uh, in, a, in a gentle manner. It's it, again, most likely referring to the angels, uh, how they swim gracefully into the body, or the angels that smoothly execute the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever they do, they're constantly doing exactly whatever Allah tells them to do without any difficulty. They just execute the commands of Allah. It could be again referring to the clouds that glide through the air due to the gentle breeze and Allah knows best. There's another number of opinions, Mujahid and Abu Saleh. They say that uh, when the horses are really fast, it's called a sabih, and therefore it's referring to the angels that move very quickly. And some even say that's referring to the actual steeds of war, the horses themselves referring to jihad fi sabilillah. Uh, Qatada says this is referring to the uh, heavenly bodies as they swim along and he uses as evidence Allah mentions in Surah Yasin, ayah number 40 that the, 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 the sun and the moon and they all have their different orbits and that all of them are swimming they're swimming in their orbits 
and Althaw, he says that this is referring to the ships as they swim and sail along. And Alon knows best. But it seems that the strongest opinion is that it's referring back to the angels. They take the soul from the body and they place it in its destination in the barzakh, where the soul will experience reward or punishment by seeing a window into he heaven or hellfire. And Allah knows best. And this is, by the way, mentioned uh, specifically in the Quran with regards to Fir'aun, which is interesting because Fir'aun's coming up in the surah as well. So you see that connection. And when Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Ghafir, Allah says, the fire, they are exposed to it morning and evening. This is talking about the people, uh, the, 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 all the followers of Fir'aun. They're exposed to the fire morning and evening. But then Allah says, and the day the hour appears, as in now, this is not talking about the akhirah, this is not talking about after judgment day, this is talking about before. Now that judgment day has happened, what's going to happen next? They will be said, what? Make the people of Fir'aun enter the severest of punishments. So, in other words, this ayah is very succinctly saying what? That they get a window to the hellfire. They get a window, uh, people of Fir'aun and the believers to, the, to, to paradise, they get a window during the barzakh, waiting until judgment day. Once judgment day happens, then you actually get entered into either paradise or hellfire, respectively. May Allah protect us and keep us safe. Then Allah says what? فَالسَّابِقَاتِ sabaqa. And those who race each other in racing. سَبَقَ yasbihu or yasbuku سَبْقًا means to proceed, to race, to try to be first, to best the other person. And again, it's referring to the angels, then it's talking about how after going into the body, they will race to bring this righteous soul back to its place of reward, racing it back to paradise, racing it back to its Lord, uh, and Allah knows best. Ibn Mas'ud says, actually, it's the other way around. It's the souls that are of the believers that rush to the angels when they come to take them. It's actually the arwah, arwah al-mu'minin, that the souls of the believers, they want to get to these angels. They are the ones, sabiqati sabaqan, they're rushing to see them, and Allah knows best. Uh, uh, yes. Again, if this is referring to the winds, then this is talking about how uh, after having gently pushed the clouds, then they will race through the sky. Or it could be that sabiqati, uh, sabaqa means that it proceeds, as in the winds will proceed before the rain comes. So you'll feel that the winds are blowing, 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 and then the rain will come. Yes, and again, this is uh, possible. Uh, possible interpretation is again reference to jihad sabiqati sabaqa referring to the horses that run during battle and uh, are, are, are proceeding in the forefront for war and Allah knows best so again and I'm going to kind of try to do an overview in just a moment inshallah the final ayah that I want to cover for today because I just want to cover the oaths for today because there's quite a bit of content here fal mudabbirati amra the fifth ayah these these first four, five ayat are the first introductory oaths you could say of this surah fal mudabbirati amra dabbara yudabbiru tadbiran means to arrange it comes from dubur which means to be behind the back the backside if you will uh, 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 as Allah says in the Quran is a reference to the remnants of people like imagine if a bunch of people die and then whoever's left the remnants are Allah mentions this in Surah An'am so Mudabbirati Amra is those who arrange or who are behind the scenes and taking care of matters and it could be Umuran but obviously Amran Yani Al-Jins it's talking about affairs in general. So therefore, uh, Amr here, even though it's in the singular, it is referring to all affairs. And therefore, it is assumed to be or understood to be plural, I should say it that way. Dabbara means to plan something very thoroughly, not to be confused with a kaid, which is a secret plan, or a makr, which is a plan that involves retaliation, or a hila, which is a ruse that is meant to bend the rules and to be a little bit tricky. And if, again, if referring to the, uh, the angels, then it's referring to them gently into the body, then racing them to see Allah Ta'ala, and then arranging all the affairs after the death. And Allah knows best. 
Uh, again, if it's referring to the winds, that's a reference to the affairs that, uh, that, the, 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 that get arranged, like for example, pollination gets arranged, moving of the clouds to, in order to make, make sure that every raindrop falls where it's supposed to be. That is all arranging for future affairs so that everybody has their rizq. Now this ayah in particular, I find it interesting because it could be a reference to special angels. فَالْمُدَبِّرَاتِ amra could be a reference to the top angels, not just the regular ones, but now we're talking about the, the special ones like Jibreel, he's responsible for the revelation and the punishment, like leading armies to destroy, you know, whether it be on the day of Badr or uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, things like this. Mikail, it could be a reference, these are part of the mudabbirat. Mikail, he's responsible for the rain and the growth of vegetation. Uh, Israfil, uh, uh, or uh, Israel, the, the angel of death, is responsible for taking the souls, and Israfil is responsible for blowing the horn. And this is uh, when he receives that command. These could be the four that are mudabbirati amra, and Allah knows best. Now, the big question uh, that I think is, oh, and by the way, this also could be a reference to, and Allah, this seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a stretch, but I still think it's quite interesting. The idea that some people try to, we know the hadith of the man who tried to burn himself and scatter his ashes so that he would not be taken on resurrection, uh, on day of resurrection. So it could be that after everybody's gathered, there are some angels to make sure they get all the ones that could have or might have gotten away. You know, like the last remnants of people, you grab the, the last ones. That's why mudabbirat, yani adubr, whoever's the remnants, grab them and make sure they're resurrected as well. And Allah knows best. It's just an interesting perspective, but I don't think it's a very strong perspective. Now, I want to do a few overviews of these five ayat. I really find this is the fun part where you get to take a sort of step, a step back. After you zoom in and see each one individually, you step back and try to see the overview of all these ayat. The first point that I want to mention is that the mawsuf is never described, only the sifa, right? Allah never said, right? Allah didn't say, I swear by the angels that I'll pluck out the souls, right? Allah didn't mention what's being described. He just described, the, he just mentioned the description only. So the, mos, the mosuf is left away, the sifa is the only thing left behind, uh, that is actually there in the ayah. Why is that the case? Number one, to allow for multiple meanings. And number two, to force us to think. And so when we think about, is this referring to the winds? Nazi'ati harqa, that pluck out trees, or nashitati nashta, that gently blow. Wasabihati sabha, they move swimmingly the clouds. Uh, uh, or they precede the, the rain. They, they pollinate and they prepare people to get exactly what they need in terms of food and so forth. I mean, this is one package possibility, right? And that's why it's not mentioned specifically. Allah didn't mention Allah didn't mention or, or uh, the winds. Same thing with the angels. Could it be that uh, Allah Ta'ala is referring to angels from a different perspective? One, one perspective that I think is fascinating is that when Nazi'ati Harqa refers to the evil in angels is removed. So we have evil nature inside of us. We have, right, Ammaratun Bissu. We have this evil inclination. But it could be the case that the angels, that's been removed from them. When Nazi'ati Harqa, and it was in, removed from them in a way that they accepted and they were happy with. When Nashitati Nashta, it was easy for them to get rid of that evil nature. Why? Because they only praise Allah all the time. And also, they have different ranks. Some are above others. Right? Some of them are above others. And also they are in charge with some affairs of this dunya. Right? So that's another perspective of these five ayat. Some say it's all referencing war. When nazi'ati harqa, a reference to pulling of the bow. I mentioned that last week. And when nashitati nashta, untying the ropes so that the horses can be free and the boats can be free. Wasabihati sabaha is the boats. When nashitati sabaha are the horses because they race each other. 
This is the angels that do what? That help in the battle, just like on the day of Badr, for example. So there's another perspective. I want to give a few more because I find these overviews very, very fascinating and Allah knows best. So I'll give a few more. It could be referenced, the first two ayat could be referenced to circumstances. Are reference to what? Harsh circumstances and easy circumstances. Sometimes in life, you're going through hard times and sometimes you're going through easy times. What is your reaction? Your reaction may be, I'm going to take this easily, I'm just going to swim right through it, I'm going to be cool about this. Some arwah, some souls, and others, no. So, uh, other people, they, they don't just go with the flow, they actually hustle to do even better, to make sure that they do ihsan. And then, but Allah is reminding you, but whatever you do, make sure you reflect on your matters. Don't do things too hastily that you're not actually, that you're being overly emotional. And this point I find very powerful because it's a warning of the dangers of impulsiveness. And this is exactly what we're going to see. Two references to impulsiveness that Fir'aun, his biggest critique is what? Taha. He, go, he does Tughiyan, he goes beyond all bounds. It's going to be mentioned just momentarily. And then at the end of the surah, Allah specifically mentions that anybody who follows in this path of Tughiyan, they're going to be going to hellfire. And yes, that's another uh, perspective. Uh, uh, another one, subhanAllah, I know I have many. I apologize if this is a bit long, but I try to do as much research as possible so we can look at this from multiple angles. Another perspective is what? That the first two deal with the angels. They either take the souls harshly or they take the souls gently. But then the next three could be a reference to what? The souls of the believers, you can have three different ranks. The one who simply goes along with the deen, the one who submits and swimmingly is, goes, easily goes along with Islam, that's the Muslim. That's the believer who rushes to do good deeds, that's the mu'min. So Muslim, mu'min, and then the one who reflects and ponders and takes everything very carefully and with, with a lot of deliberation, does a lot of tadabbur, uh, and reflects, especially on the Qur'an, but in life in general, is very, very pensive, such a person is reaching the level of ihsan. So Allah Adam is another perspective. Islam, Iman, Ihsan, the three levels uh, after mentioning the first two ayat, which is of the angels. Yes. And now the question is, why is there no jawab al-qasim? You know, usually, you know, I swear by this, 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 that, that, you know, Allah Ta'ala gives, you know, uh, like for example, وَلَعَصْرِ I swear by time that every man that human beings in general are in loss. That's the jawab al-qasam. So where's the jawab al-qasam in this ayah? The answer is that it's so obvious based on the context, based on what's being discussed here, it's so obvious that Allah Ta'ala did not need to mention it. And others say because of Surah Mursalat that already had uh, the same type of oaths, that we know that these ayats are gonna be talking about resurrection. So ultimately, it's understood, it's, uh, it's uh, what's it called, mahduf. It is omitted, but it's understood that the jawab al-qasam is what? You will be resurrected undoubtedly, and you will undoubtedly be rewarded for what you did, whether it be good or bad. The final point that I'd like to mention, inshallah ta'ala, I always enjoy doing the ring structure. So I'm going to stick with the most standard perspective, which is that this is a reference to the angels. And I want to show you how it has a beautiful ring structure. I think this is really quite beautiful. Allah Ta'ala says what? Referring to the angels that rip out the soul harshly. So ayah number one is what? Talking about the angels that rip, rip, out, to, rip out the disbelievers. Is talking about gently taking out the believers, right? So you have the negative and then the positive. Then the third ayah is just general talking about angels do whatever they're told to do. Whatever they're supposed to do, they swimmingly, accordingly, just do their work in a very organized and professional manner. They're all very harmonious. Then, is now talking about the fact that Allah says, 
So it could be that this fa is saying, I'm referring back to something that was already mentioned. So if you have five ayat and you have a ring structure, then one is going to connect with five, two is going to connect with four, and three is going to be the center, right? So the fact that number four has a fa, what's it referring back to? Number two, right? So, it's, so, it's, so the fact that it's saying what? They love to rush. Who do they love to rush to? They love to rush to the believers. So two and four beautifully connect. Why? Because two is saying, I like to take out the believers gently, and I love to rush to go to those believers because I like them. Whereas number five, again, fa, referring back to what? The ta'qib, something that was mentioned earlier. So who is it referring back to? The disbeliever. Why? Because the word dubur, meaning the last. I'll do the job. I don't enjoy doing the job. The angels, they they're not going to refuse. They're not going to say no. They do everything they're supposed to do. But it's like the remnants. Dabir al-qawm, the remnants of the people. I'll take the disbelievers, but I take them out harshly, mention I number one, and mention I number five, what? That I do so in a way that it's almost like I don't, I don't enjoy it. Like it's, it's like taking out the trash, reluctantly, if you will. Of course, they uh, obey Allah Ta'ala 100%, but they don't like the disbelievers. So I personally find, and this is just my own personal perspective on this, I think it's very beautiful, though, because you have this incredible uh, ring structure where number one and number five are both referring to uh, how they take out the disbelievers. Number two and number four are both talking, talking about how they take out the believers. And then in the middle of all that, Allah is mentioning what? They do whatever they're commanded to do in a smooth and harmonious swimming way. So all of it is done so beautifully. So SubhanAllah, I find that to be very compelling. I find that to be very beautiful. It just goes to show the harmony of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who when the angels take us, inshallah, we do so in a way that where they do so gently, when nashi and when they do so, they do so in a way uh, that they are enthusiastic to see us. And uh, may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are always reflecting on the Quran so that we can appreciate it as much as possible. Amin Rabbil Alameen. And inshallah Ta'ala, we're gonna go to the next section. This these first five ayat was the first section. We'll go to the we'll try to cover the entire second section in uh, next week, Bidin Lai Ta'ala. Wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa